Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the official Doctor Who podcast. I'm Terrell. I'm Juno. And I'm Crystal. And with the help of Doctor Who's head writer, Russell T. Davies, we're going to be discussing this week's episode, The Giggle. <laughs> there will be spoilers in this episode. Sorry to freak you guys out with that laugh. There will be spoilers in this episode, so if you haven't seen it, go watch it and then come back here as there will be brand new information for you. Heavy spoilers. Spoilers are many. So many. The heaviest of spoilers. Right. Without further ado, then, I think we should go straight into the very first envelope. Who has it? I think it's you, Crystal. Oh, it's my go already. We're all a bit shell-shocked because we've come straight from watching the episode, so we're all a bit... Right. Recovering. Recovering. Only just stopped crying. Yeah, if you guys need a minute to, you know, cry... (laughs) Get some tissues. We've got the tissue box. Yeah, (laughs) pause. Might need those later. Um, Okay, oh, well, straight into it. The regeneration. Oh, we're not we're not wasting any time. No teasing. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Are you gonna be all right, Chris? Oh it do you know what? For a moment there, I thought I was gonna have to say goodbye to my favourite doctor. Mm -hmm. I know it's the fourteenth, but it's David Tennant. And I honestly didn't expect it to happen so early. Same. And I'll I wanna say one thing right now. We all watch this episode together. I, everyone, we were all very emotional. I promise you, I could just see Crystal just trembling in the corner of my eye, and it was almost like it almost like cut off my tears because I was like, "Oh, okay, Aww. no." She's, yeah. I was really trying not to cry. Yeah, because if I'd been on my own, I probably would have let loose and probably would have, you know, sobbed. It was it was towards the end that got me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, for, for the regeneration itself, mm. um, very emotional. I also didn't think it was going to be that soon, which is why I was very confused at first and I was like I thought oh no it's a, little, it's a little too early I don't know if I like this but then plot twist it becomes a bi-generation bi-generation and out pops the 15th Doctor all of a sudden out of David Tennant's body what is going on how did you feel about this re- this reveal I was shook no I'm going to be honest because I can't lie I can't, I can't lie in front of God slash Russell and um <laughs> I had read rumblings in the darkest recesses of the internet that something was different about this regeneration mm. when the 14th Doctor sort of births the 15th, <laughs> which it was amazing because, again, we've never seen it before. And I think, you know, again, the reason Doctor Who has lasted 60 years is because it keeps surprising us, and I, I hope it always keeps on surprising us. I think you're beautiful. <laughs> Still beautiful. <laughs> yeah. So I kind of loved it. I, I'm, I'm sure at home right now there are some people who have lots of opinions, but mm. then that's kind of one of the things this episode is about as well. I'm sure Rus- Russell was almost like pre-reading <laughs> like, yeah. like Twitter um, X um, for filth by saying, you know, everybody's got an opinion and everybody's right. So, um, But I thought it was 
glorious. Just glorious. Crystal? I think Russell had a lot of fun writing this episode um, in so many ways. But like you said, obviously, regeneration, it happens uh, every once in a while, every few years, and you do need to keep iterating on it and adding new things. I respect that they did something different because that's how a show lasts for 60 years. Well, hopefully we can learn more about how the show lasts for 60 years by talking to the chief himself. (laughs) I think we have an incoming transmission from Russell. Russell. Special three, so you've now seen the bi-generation. And I, I imagine there's no fuss about that at all online. Nothing, not a word, barely a whisper. So let's try and fake some conversation about it, can you? What I advise you do is to go to the commentary for this, the InVision commentary, which will be available on iPlayer in the UK, and where you will hear astonishing revelations about the entire lore of Doctor Who and the creation of the Doctorverse in the moment of that bi-generation. It's much bigger than you think, and I hope could lead to... All sorts of things that you think. So um, uh, I've really just thrown it over to you saying, have a listen to that if you can. And then what do you think? Okay, so by generation, apparently Russell's theory is that when the 14th had bi-generated with the 15th, that bi-generation had led all of the Doctors to bi-generate all throughout time. The previous Doctors, the classic Doctors, all the ones that we know also have bi-generated. So tells from the TARDIS, mm. those Doctors technically, are they the same? So those Doctors and tells of the TARDIS, in the same way that uh, they've, they've said that that TARDIS was a remember TARDIS and these were remember Doctors and, and such, they are bi-generated Doctors. They're, they're own separate beings now. Oh, my poor tiny mind. <laughs> But they've got old. They've that's got, how they got old. You know that's that, that, how that, they but do you know old. what that means? That means David Tennant's doctor is going to get old with the noble family. Yeah. Oh but hang on, but that means there's also a third David because he would have bi-generated when oh he turned God. into Matt Smith. So there's three knocking about. So there's one who's chilling somewhere with Wilf after end of time Mm -hmm. there's one hanging out with Rose in a parallel world and there's a new one living with the noble temples every now and then a showrunner does something weird to the canon of doctor who and uh, this is probably the biggest this is probably the biggest biggest yet this time it's too (laughs) much so far it's it's a lot to take in um i mean yeah this this is the kind of show that does like to play all this, it, it's canon and, re- and reframe things and be a bit experimental. Well, I tell you what, we're gearing up for some quality multi-doctor adventures now, though. Yeah. Mm. Did not expect I mean, the 60s to be a, a, a partially multi-doctor story, um, but there you go. And I, I guess this opens up all the previous doctors to, to come back possibly in the past. Does this mean the curator uh, from, you know, end of day of doctor yes. is a bi-generated <gasps> doctor? That, that, that makes sense. That fits in so nicely yeah. because for for so long I've wondered why the curator is is as old as he is. Mm. You know, it's Tom, it's it's old old Tom Baker. So, and how that fits into the canon? You know, how does he, how does the Doctor become the curator? Yeah, that's, that's how it. he flopped that's... off a tower and then became a curator. I love it. There you go. Yeah, it actually puts into perspective <gasps> all the previous random. How did that Doctor get Davison there? Peter Davison in time crash. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It all adds up. It all, in, in a way, it kind of clears in, up some in a, things. It in does. The, in, the in, in a way, it does. Now they can yeah. all stop explaining why they look old as well. We can all, yeah. well, we can all move past that. Yeah. yeah. Tardis, it, Tardis Wikia is going to have a field day after this. Oh, gosh. How they're going to they're gonna have to that create a whole sound, separate website. No, wait. Nobody can listen to this podcast right now because Russell just broke the internet. So however you're getting this podcast, well done. Um, but I guess we'll leave that for people to discuss online. Like Russell said, there'll be a lot of... Um, hmm. I'm sure everyone's going to be fine. Everyone will we'll enjoy it we'll, we'll uh, have their 
their calm opinions on it. But for now, I think we should look into envelope number two. Which I possess. Let's go in. Mm. No great surprises. It's the toy mm. maker. A toy maker. He ate and left High crumbs. Yeah. Whole oh. time. <laughs> Not quoting lyrics. That's just hello in several languages. <laughs> the toy oh, maker. So Worldwide premiere. His oh. accent is. Uh, he's so camp. <laughs> and now everybody loves the ball. Just, it, I mean, perfect. it was a little bit camp, wasn't it? Just a it little was, bit. Yeah. Just a smidgen. <laughs> a, a tiny bit of camp. I think if you ask someone to play a villain and say, play it as camp as possible, I don't think there was a better person to ask than Neil Patrick Harris. He understood this. the assignment. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to do this. You can explain <laughs> it how you want, Russell. I'm doing it like this. And Just I loved it. What lovely teeth he has as well. Oh, so Did we all notice his lovely teeth? His I, lovely many, 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 many teeth. Many teeth. <laughs> just British people just don't have teeth like that. But I mean, yeah, the toy maker uh, himself. What did we think? I mean, Juno, you're a fan of the classics. How yes. how versed are you on the toy maker? I've never seen the toy maker. Okay, no, I'm not that old. But I was I was familiar with the notion of the character. Um, but this episode was it was right up my street because oh, I got goosebumps. Because I love when things go a bit topsy turvy. The fact that the Doctor and Donna were in a realm where the Doctor couldn't talk his way out of it, he couldn't science his way out of it, he couldn't timey wimey his way out of it. That to me is really good stuff. Yeah, scary. And the Doctor always, when he when he is out of the TARDIS and then doesn't have the screwdriver, as we saw in Wild Beyonder, mm-hmm. all he's got is his big beautiful brain. That game itself was creepy though. The 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 dolls of Amy Pond. <gasps> yeah. Again, I, I love the notion that this is like a reboot. <laughs> like, they're all there, but yeah, and it made a point, and, and in a strange way, it kind of you, you suddenly realised because we were left with these quite warm notions of what happened to Amy and Clara and Bill. The, the phrase, well, that's all right, then you suddenly realise, oh, no, yeah, they did all die. But her consciousness survives. Oh, well, that's all right, then! They all yeah. joined the TARDIS, and one by one, every single companion since, with the exception of Yaz and Ryan mm. and Graham, have, have died. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, we love to make up, but I think we're going to move on now to the next envelope, which ooh, got- I've got myself. Envelope number three is... <laughs> Stinky yeah. Bill. Oh, thank goodness. I was worried <laughs> if we'd moved on from the time, maker, we wouldn't mm, I was, I was about those babies. But- Creeper dolls. I mean, for me, I think episode two, in hindsight, it's very much the weird one, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And then I think episode three, particularly the scenes with the puppets... Really, really scary. Pure horror film. Pure horror film. Yeah. Horror films. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, when the baby dolls descend on oh, oh, Donna, gosh. like from the from the sky. Oh. They miss their dear papa. They seek him near and far. They miss their kiss good night. They greet an endless night. Doctor Who, just scaring children since 1963, and it feels like the silence were really scary, the angels mm. really scary, but it feels mm. like it's been a little while since mm. Doctor Who's been... Like, I think there'll be some slightly angry parents putting some slightly distraught children to bed this evening. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I am team wee babby. Yeah. Although I do like the bit where, after Donna, like... Basically, chucks the what was he what was it called? Stuki 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 Yeah, against the wall, and then like breaks into little pieces, and the baby's just back back away. Shout out to 
out to the production designer because the the look of the puppets mm. was chilling. I, mean, I expect somewhere in in a room in Cardiff, there's about 15 prototypes of creepy babies. Like, God, imagine if that was your job. Oh. Like, I, I make the creepy babies for Doctor Who, but I think I thought the half the human puppet hybrid was truly uncomfortable. <laughs> It turns into the doctor as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we've had two we've had sort of like two kind of duplicates now, haven't we? Yeah, David Tennant's had so much fun just playing yeah. really yeah. of himself. Yeah. Um with that being said, we need to move swiftly on because mm-hmm. there is still so much fun stuff in this episode to talk about, which I think we'll be looking at now in number four, please. <gasps> it's me. Uh Mel, Kate, and Unit. Ooh. Where should we start? Oh Mel. I think we start with the return of Mel. Mel. Was my companion, my first oh. companion. When I look back now as a fully grown, fully fledged feminist, I can recognise that that version of Mel in the 80s was not a great character. You know, Bonnie Langford is an amazing actor who mm. was done a disservice. She ran around, she screamed. We knew nothing of her other than she liked fitness and shoulder pads and within the space of about 10 minutes we learned more about Mel than I think we learned about her in the entire 1986 season. Um, I'm sure there's not there's a lot of people out there that 100% feel the same way. I think after last year and with this year's Tales of the TARDIS a lot of like classic characters and companions are getting the full circle closure that they deserve. I love that there's yeah there's always a job yeah. afterwards isn't there and like a happily ever after really. I mean as happy as you can be as a soldier with units who who are back now with their very own massive Avengers Tower. I guess the Earth has had one too many invasions for them to pretend like they don't exist anymore. I love that they have an alien thingy. I can't remember the name of the character. Because that's... I, the, the cynic in me thinks we shouldn't trust that figure, but that that's my alienism. I thought it was like a kind of, yeah, AI robot. Yeah. We'll watch the, watch the yeah. space, yeah. I guess. Well, look, I love that Kate got to be a bit of a cowbag as well. Yes. We'd never seen that side of Kate before when she yeah, lost control, nasty, and that yeah. was quite scary. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. what happens if Kate left, but Stuart loses control? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And someone with that much power as well, losing control, mm-hmm. is a, con- a scary concept yeah. on itself. I love Shirley. Shirley Ann is great. The hot soldier guy is great. And when the hot soldier appeared, I just I heard you in the corner go, hello, hello. hello. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, yeah, we, we love Kate, we love units, but another big leader is calling us right now. Russell, what do you have to say to us? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Uh, this is something you can talk about online endlessly, but it's a, such a joy to get Mel into Unit HQ and um, and to, to be there in the heart of the action. Uh, Bonnie Langford, just one of the great del- Bonita Langford, one of the great delights of my life working with her. But have a chat. Have a think. Who else would you like to see in Unit HQ? And you're, and you're not necessarily limited to. 20th century companions because people can step, step through time portals and things like that. Who would you like to see back working behind a plywood desk? Ooh, who would That's we really like to question. see back? Mm. I or I immediately have my answer and Juno, I think you're going to agree with me because I would scorch earth 
to get Martha back. <gasps> yes. 100%. I feel like, and Unit's the right, I mean, she used to work for mm-hmm. Unit, yeah. then she went freelance, she got married, and she got married, she's had a whole, she had seven lives, and I just feel like her returning to this sort of new uh, rebranded mm. Unit would be very so cool. female Unit as well. A very female, very female unit. yeah. yeah. Winifred Bambera. Let's get Winifred Bambera back as well. Unsung hero, the Brigadier. Brigadier Bambera. Mm. Brigadier Get her back. Well, they already did my my first choice, which was Ace, Mm. quite recently. So... um is Gwen still knocking about? Is she, she around? Gwen Torchwood? is Ooh. still alive. It might be nice to see some surviving Torchwood members uh, join UNIT. Actually, um, that I would, I concur, I would love to see Gwen back. Yeah. Yeah. I think Eve Miles is one of the most extraordinary actors of our generation. And I would, yeah. 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 Oh, and who did, um, oh, back in the day, I can't remember the name of the character... Magumbo, yeah, Captain Magumbo. What's she yes. doing these days? Yeah, because she was doing you. She's quite a famous actor now. <laughs> <laughs> She's in only murders in the building, but she could come back for Doctor Who. Yeah. Um, but now, shall we move on to okay. envelope number five? I'm ready. <laughs> the dancing. The dancing. I thought we might get to this. Your life. Yeah, we could not uh, do this podcast. Doctor not Who. Doctor Who has been really good for dance sequences because obviously we had the sound of drums. Mm-hmm. Um, Sister Sisters, was it? Yep. Yep. And then I don't Rust know. Raspberry Raspberry very recently. But yeah, Neil Patrick Harris just just he ate. I yeah. said this before. Left no crumbs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Obviously, I recognise that before, before, and I was like, "You have got to be kidding!" <laughs> and again, it's what other what other show can do that? It's amazing. What other show can have a celestial being killing people to spice up your life by the Spice Girls, lip syncing for his life? It's, it, start, it started, and I just thought, Russell. I was just like, it's got Russell's name written all over it. Every little detail of, of, of the entire scene, I, I died. Spinning Mel and, <laughs> Kate, uh, and into Kate into walls. Brutal. That was so... Because at that point, he was kind of just having fun. Next thing you know, like, both of them were on the floor. <laughs> the soldiers get turned into those little baubles. It's quite dark. It's yeah, quite dark. Very dark. Yeah. Brilliant scene. That will go down in history. It's probably one of the most memorable Doctor Who scenes, in my opinion. Imagine if you didn't like that scene. Imagine if you, you imagine if you were at home thinking, oh no, it's too much. I say your life is not enough. Absolutely right. And it wasn't just a dart sequence, it was a, a bloodbath. But yeah, but enough about that scene. I think now we need to talk about topic number six. Let's see. Topic number six is <laughs> Oh, cryptic. Happy ever after. Oh, go on, Crystal. Well, this is the bit where I'm probably going to cry, cry again. Um, I held it together pretty much through the whole episode, and then I'm going to cry again. Jonathan, tissue. Go on. <laughs> Just in case. It's the fact that David Tennant's doctor gets to have like a retirement. And it's like a happily ever after. Because it's a throwback, like, isn't just... it? He did once say, That's the one life I can never have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you say it to Rose on the beach? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, yeah. yeah, he gives he gives Rose the Metacrisis, um, the other the, the copy, the, yeah. the human version, so she can live a happy life. And then he can never have that. He he's, he gives that up so she can have that. And there's multiple scenes where you know he um, he had a family sort of with Rose really with Jackie used mm-hmm. to go in for Christmas Day, have Christmas dinner. And then there's that scene, um, it might be The Runaway Bride. Oh, yes, Christmas dinner. Yeah, and, and she offers him Christmas dinner. He says, oh, I don't do stuff like that anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he kind of goes off in the TARDIS. Um, and so it's so lovely that he finally gets that 
happy retirement. That family, really. Mm. Yeah. Nice. I like that. Well, that's what you are. With my best friend, my brother-in-law, the evil stepmother. Oh, I have barely begun. <laughs> and mad Auntie Mel. <laughs> mad Auntie Mel. Mad Auntie Mel. Oh, I like that. Yeah. And I think it's also quite nice to see the, the Doctor. I know it's not the tenth Doctor, but I mean, it's all of them really. It's it's all of the incarnations up until he that point. Break. Yeah. Yeah. He needed a break. Yeah. Time. You know, it's time, and it's it's sort of. He 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 allows himself to just enjoy it and mm-hmm. oh that last speech about this is what I did it for yeah oh, don't it's yeah it got me. Funny thing is I fought all those battles for all those years and now I know all four. I, th- I think whichever doctor is your doctor, whether it's 10, 7, 6, 11, I think there was, there was a cathartic end for, for all of them, just with that one scene. Mm. If, you're, if, you're, you, if you loved 11 and you, you felt so heartbroken that he spent all those years on Trenzalore, or if it was 12 and you felt heartbroken that he had billions of years um, in the dial and so on and so forth, that, that a 30, uh, 13 didn't get to, to, get to, to spend a life with Yaz because she just knew she, she couldn't have that. Oh, Yaz, she missed the bus by minutes, didn't she? By an episode. Yeah, there's probably well, there's probably a bio regenerated copy out That's there. True. It's probably like the running, running her way back to Yaz. <laughs> yes, like, I'm, Yaz coming. I'm coming back. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, question that's that's sat at the back of my mind, and it's, it's sort of the answered question that we're not really allowed to ask. But now we get to ask it: is how would the story of the Doctor hypothetically end? You know, they had the the nice cathartic end of all the Doctors we've known so far, and we have this new sort of, I guess, revived Doctor, the Therapy Doctor. David the Tennant yeah. is the Therapy Doctor. Ah, uh, my my favorite my favorite moment, I think. Well, one of my favorite moments is um, is Shruti Gatwa hugging David's. Just, just come here. You, need, so, you need a hug. I mean, last week we talked about does the doctor need a doctor? And actually, mm. you know, who has the doctor got that really understands the history? And obviously, De- uh, Donna gets quite close to that because mm. she absorbs the memories. But getting a hug from yourself, your future self. It's okay. I'm here. I think that's what he needed, isn't it? Yeah. That's it. He, he's where he can come home. He's an old soldier and he finally gets to kind of put it all down and just. And just rest. And also talking about happy endings, Donna as well, because oh thank God, yeah. See, previously, mm. yeah, metacrisis, all solved, all done, lovely, and then lovely scene around the dinner table. No, but I mean that is interesting. Yeah, the question mm. of if you were going to end Doctor Who, how would you end Doctor Who? Could... An impossible question. But they've done it twice now. Sylvester McCoy and Ace wandering off to find where the dinner's getting cold. They just they just walked off into the sunset. Yeah, because yeah, in a sense, it's a, it's a timeless story, um, which is, which is mm. I think, really beautiful. And the Doctor got to have his cake and eat it too. Um, we're through all of our envelopes. However, our story has not ended yet because we have another transmission from our man, Russell. The Toymaker said his lesions are coming, and they are. Faithful viewers, listeners, podcasters, I can tell you they are. Possibly also involving... Pantheons of previous godlike characters. There have been gods before in Doctor Who. The gods of Ragnarok, for example, and other powerful be- beings who you can decide are gods or not if you decide that the toy maker is the god of games. There are other ones. So have a think, have a talk amongst yourselves, like who in the past would have been in the pantheon and what kind of gods in the future and goddesses would you like to see? I'm out of here. Bye bye. Bye, Russell. Bye bye, Russell. It's giving glory from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, isn't it? Uh, Glorificus, yeah. Oh, Excellent question. I mean, m- my first thought is uh, Satan from the Invisible yes, Planet, Satan yes. Pit, who is, uh, I guess, yeah, like, obviously they're in physical form, but 
it was Satan. Like it was a it was a being. It was this mm. you know this demon who could be out there still. I'm going both through my file effects. We have Kronos, the god of time from the Time Monster. Mm-hmm. We have the gods from Greatest Show in the Galaxy, the yeah. gods of the circus gods. Would you like them to, to touch into more like mythological gods that we kind of know of as as, as stories, Greek gods, Roman, Japanese? I'm into it. Yeah. yeah. I, I love the idea that I think you you have to be careful. I think sometimes, and we've we've briefly we've mentioned Marvel that sometimes mm. the stakes can get so high there's yeah. nowhere else to go actually. But I think sometimes bringing in sort of a villain who exists outside of the laws of science is yeah. enticing. Yeah, I think a good space to venture back into. I really would love to see more of. Not explain too much, but I'd love to see more of is the idea of things from outside of the universe mm-hmm. um, yeah. I'd love to see more there because it gives Russell more space to be as creative as he likes right well as you we know while David has had his nice cathartic end we are starting anew with the bi-generated 15th Doctor mm-hmm. played by Shuti Gatua what do we think how did we enjoy his performance and where do we think the story's going next Ooh. It's amazing we've seen so much of him because yes. I actually thought that we'd see his first lines and maybe like a little scene at the end and then everything would be kept under wraps until Christmas. Yeah. But we've seen him in action already mm-hmm. and like he is absolutely fantastic. He can catch. The boy yeah. can catch. He can catch. He jumps around. He, in his pants. In his pants. Yeah. yeah. And uh, he's, he's funny. Electric. Just electric, that's the word yeah. I would use. Just yeah. electric. Yeah, his yeah. screen presence is ridiculous. He is beautiful. He's He's beautiful. beautiful, Just the burn stretcher. But what's really cool, (laughs) every single of the 15-ish plus doctors has a different energy. And how interesting that, even in that, what, 10, 15 minutes we had with him, his energy was so different to tenants to the 14th doctors. And, you know, his energy was nothing like Jodie Whittaker's. How's it going to work? You and me? This is great, I think, is it? But how do we both? One thing you need in this place is a chair. I'll be all right. No, you're thin as a pin, love. You've been running on fumes. That's what I keep saying. I think the story set that up nicely, though, because I think where we've discussed, you know, the the Doctor got their, their closure, I think this version of the Doctor, now the 15th Doctor, is one that we actually haven't had for a very long time, which is a Doctor with closure, a Doctor that isn't so much burdened by the trauma mm-hmm. of the past and now is just ready to just crack on into yeah. the universe with, with a jukebox. jukebox. <laughs> I know, I know. It's a fresh start, really, and I love how he goes into his TARDIS and then immediately makes it his own. Yeah. Already he's got a jukebox and the TARDIS, like, intuitively knew that that's what he wanted. And a wheelchair ramp. Yes, exactly. Oh, look! Oh, that's not bad. Wheelchair accessible. At last! You finally caught up with the 21st century! Yeah, yeah, there's so much to love and so I'm much so to look excited. forward to. Um, we don't have to wait too long. No, a couple of weeks. A couple of weeks, because we're coming into Christmas. Oh. This. Amazing. So the episode had a little bit of a teasy end. There's a lot of stuff going on. Um, as Russell said, there's 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 legions behind the, mm-hmm. the toy maker. Um, the Star Beast hinted at some sort of boss. Oh, out the there boss! I forgot about the boss. And as the toy maker vanished into the night, into the, the in non-existence, uh, the tooth was left mm. left behind, and a mysterious hand, well manicured, well manicured hand. hand. Is that? But yeah, my question to you guys is: What do we think is going to happen? For Christmas. Who is that as well? 
I don't know, but I'm definitely looking forward to Ruby. Um, yes. First new companion in a while. Because, again, we know nothing going in. We don't really know anything about Millie Gibson's character. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited to meet her at Christmas. It'll be good. I love these moments in Doctor Who where, you know, the Doctor passes the baton to the next Doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, and a whole new audience is going to come to the show as well. You know, as a fandom, we're going to gain all of these new people and Shooty's going to be their doctor. Mm-hmm, you know, yeah. Shooty's going to mean to them what our doctors have meant to us and yeah. I think that's beautiful and it's just, you know, the way the show lives on like that is just chef's kiss. Yeah. Honestly. And Perfect. Um, I think there's... The, the, the exciting thing about it is that everything is new it's almost like yeah we want to predict what's going to happen next mm-hmm. we want to theorise and trust me I do and I probably already am um, but the fun thing about it is that it's all fresh it can be anything that, that Russell or any of the writers want it to be stand by where's he going? everywhere And on that note, I think we are done with the official Doctor Who podcast for today. Thank you guys for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to the official Doctor Who YouTube channel slash podcast wherever you listen to your podcast and wherever you're watching or listening to this right now. And I'll see you guys all at Christmas. Bye for now. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.